What's up? Mike Show of Adam Krautworks on a Wednesday. Sorry. Uh, if I Do I need to be sorry? Because it's not Tuesday. The Deep End is a Tuesday show normally. Sometimes in growing up, your favorite shows would move to a different night, like for a special night. It might be two hours instead of one, some sort of special occasion. I'm not sure that applies here. Is a fake golf event where they pretend to dislike each other, is that the deep end? I don't know. I think Adam is watching the match out of the corner of his eye, but we'll keep him honest. Going to talk to Dave Hubbard tonight about last night's Hardway draft. I mean, best of the best in there. Adam's absence is uh, conspicuous, but we'll let that ride uh, for now because you, know, you can't have a, a real expert draft without Adam in it, I see. All right, so uh, let's get comfortable. Welcome to the deep end. Thanks for watching. Yeah, we got the four teams. Oh, I love it. The four teams for tonight. You know, I'm speaking of the match. Like, if I would have known, if I would have remembered the match was on tonight, we never would have, we never would have podcasted tonight. <laughs> okay, this match is, I'm on the couch just locked into this match. I'm telling my wife, like, this is how all golf events should be televised. This, all the golfers should be mic'd up. There should be banter going back and forth. Um, but I am disgusted. Like, I posted this to Twitter, like, as a, as a, diehard Josh Allen apologist. Like what, like why are, I hate this. I hate him and Mahomes. you know, it would be like Kelly and Marino in 1991 teaming up to golf against what Montana and, and Phil Sims or something. Like what? Listen, what are, I hate Hang him. on a minute. Hang on a minute. I love this <laughs> point. I love that. I know somebody that I really respect and care about who is mad about that. And I think it's, I think it's sincere. I, I think you really are sort of sort of triggered by that. Marino came to play in Kelly's softball games. Like that's the same thing. I mean, maybe it wasn't on cable, <laughs> but you name. know, they they didn't always have a bad relationship if they ever did. Uh, but you know, the myth of it is that of course they would never interact. I don't know. Is it good TV? I mean, I think it's not. Hor- I mean, listen, we're we're in. It's June. What is it? June first. Like we're in a yes. football dead zone, kind of. For those of us who aren't drafting puppy drafts every day, of course, you and I just happened to stroll into a puppy draft unknowingly today. What are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? Drafts going off every six seconds, and there we are, locked into a draft together. <laughs> yeah, we should have just turned the camera on this morning. <laughs> we're right. both in there. That's right. Well, last night's Hardway draft, it's big time. It's definitely the deep end. I respect guys who want to do $350 drafts against top competition. I feel like we did some version of that last year on Memorial Day. That draft was, it was all innocent, but then it turned into Austin and Abib and Gilds and Louie and you and me. And, you know, that was fun. And I, I should, uh, for the sake of the brand, mention that Adam went 11 and 0 to start that year, and then I won the league. So the deep end <laughs> the deep had end. the idea of its own Hardway draft when it crushed it. The deep end dominated for sure. Yeah, I mean the Hardway draft is exactly. I'm getting more and more into the underdog world, Adam. I've got, I think it's 11 best ball mania teams, and I did my first two puppy drafts today. I talked to you about it before we ended up in the same room. Yeah, just like you know. Is it worth it? Does it get silly? Does it need to? Do you need to get silly? I love in the prizes, it says first and second place, $7. 
And I'm, I'm already spending that seven bucks. <laughs> That's right. From from the from the second one today, if not also the first. But right, I, I like the the. It's a good fit for me that twenty five dollar one. Um, I don't know how many more I can afford, but I've done eleven, and they've been good challenges. And here's something funny. So, was it last week or the week before when we did one of those together in here? Maybe two weeks ago. Uh, two, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago. And I really didn't know anything about it. I mean, I know what underdog is, but didn't know the format very well and was not really prepared. And we're talking and you mentioned that Sean from Go Bills had brought up week 17 stacks. And I was sort of like, yeah, okay, uh, maybe. And then it sort of came upon the thought that, you know, what you want to do is you want to find the ones that are not popular. You know, as if I had really discovered something on my own that was meaningful. I do think it's meaningful, but it was to the serious players who were already familiar with it, it was obvious, I think. So I've had a good mind for that. It reminds me of the bare knuckle a little bit because I sort of know the opponents and, okay, if I get Christian McCaffrey, then I want Fournette or Evans. If I get Jamar Chase, or it's really not, it doesn't work for Chase, but if I get Diggs, then I want Mixon. If I get Cooper Cup, then I want to maybe find my way to it's not going to be Eckler, but Keenan Allen or somebody like that. I know I know the games. Yeah. Except this is really interesting to me. I did one after having done 10 of them. And I froze because I could not think of who Miami played. And I, I sort of felt like I have not had to think about Miami yet. <laughs> at all. Like, I know it's Chicago, Detroit. I know it's Atlanta, Arizona. I know it's Dallas, Tennessee. I know them all. I thought. But I did not know Miami and I'm like, you know what? I bet it's New England because I've never thought of them either. That's right. And that ended up being right. It is Miami at New England in week 17, which I think is funny because I never had any reason to care about either one in any of these drafts. But the, the key is, I think, that you never want to let that happen because it's the ones that you forget about that sometimes will end up haunting you. And you had in this one we did together, you had Houston. You know, they... <laughs> They play Jacksonville. Like I knew they play Jacksonville, but you can't sort of like set out on a Houston stack. You have no. to draft Brandon Cooks and then you figure it out from there. So don't yeah. don't uh, condescend to the players or the teams you forget about. What, whatever. If you learn anything tonight, it's it's do do not set out on a Houston stack. That's that you do not want to go into a draft saying I want that. No, I wanted the Broncos stack, and we talked about this before the draft not knowing we were going to be in the same draft together. And I, so I finally get Judy overpay at the four, two to get Judy. And then I wait, it's perfect. Russell, it comes back around. I'm picking 11. The guy at 12 has Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take whoever I took. And the guy with Mahomes takes Russell Wilson. And I just want to <laughs> watch my phone across, across the room. It's like, I want to, I feel like the people in there just go in there to ruin stacks. And I got to tell you, this is the third uh, underdog draft in a row where the guy directly in front of me has a window into my soul. Every I'm telling you, the guy in front of me in this draft, uh, going, you know, pick pick 10, picked every player I wanted for like the first five rounds, five opportunities. So one, three, five, seven. He took them every single time. And it was just so that was frustrating. And then to lose Russell Wilson, that was frustrating. But to get that frustration out in a five dollar draft, uh, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine by me. Listen, that's going to happen. I felt violated in this way myself. You're, you're, you're a celebrity. You're fantasy elite. Oh, you are, yeah. you are elite. You are you are Hollywood elite. 
So they're going in for they see draft guy. Everybody else in there is R two five seven four six. And you know, you're in there. I'm draft guy. I'm Shope. That's it. Come and get me. Come and get me. I didn't really want that, but that that uh, it does well, happen. Do you remember? Do you remember a few years ago there was a guy, mock draft guy or somebody who would go into the. This is like ESPN. I remember this from Twitter. ESPN mock drafts, fantasy football, and they would just go in and wreck them like. They did the one be in the chat and screen grab the whole thing. Oh, good luck, probably, everybody. It was probably probably Hubbard. He probably went in there and took like every – he took, probably started taking kickers at pick 10 all the way through the whole thing just to it just was like day. 101 instead of Gurley or Bell. It was like Kaepernick, who was out, out of the league already, <laughs> just sort of to mess with the whole draft. Because if that happens, the whole thing is kind of destroyed. Right. But I always laughed. I, I might not have laughed if I were in there. Let it. Let's uh, bring in Dave Hubbard. Let's it's bring a in Dave. Pleasure and an honor. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Hi, Hi Dave. What's Who's up, been Dave? nicer to us, Adam, than this guy, than Dave Hubbard? Who's been <laughs> Listen, more complimentary to us? A lot of and people disagree with you on Twitter. They don't think I'm very <laughs> nice. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dave is finding it's. Uh, I mean, we've been in a couple rooms together, a couple of podcasts together, but it's nice to finally have you two on one here. And I know, uh, are you going to be in Vegas this year, Dave? Definitely, definitely going Perfect. to Vegas. Uh, Billy, I'm going to draft again with Billy some. Not all our teams, but some of our teams. And we're going to do the big money leagues out there uh, together. So we got three 10Ks out there this year. Very nice. Nice. You do the You do the bare knuckle on the deep end. I, I, I look forward to this. Thank you. Talk shop with y'all. Yes, we realized today that the bare knuckles. I, I, that's a tough draft. I let those, there's some experts that do that every year. So, no, I'm not doing the bare knuckles this year. That's me. Well, this is my second year, so it's the beginning of a streak. But well, Mike we doesn't really- even know who the who the Dolphins play this week seventeen. <laughs> now I do. Come on. Now I now I do. It's June first. Now I do. <laughs> but you know what? Last year, preparing for that, just you know, Dave Adam threw me into it. He's like, "We're going to do the bare knuckle. Are you up for it?" He's like, "We'll split it." And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. I, I can I can figure that out. So I was doing flashcards with <laughs> the colors of the players based on the positions that FFPC uses, like those colors, and then their sure. bye week. And that wasn't really I don't know, I'm not a I'm not somebody who learns by reading. So I sort of gave up on that. And then I got out there and I met Bip and other guys who were in that, and he's talking about doing, I don't know, more than a hundred these underdog drafts and these quick, cheap, easy drafts. Maybe it was that some kind of number like that. And I'd done four. Like I just, I, I felt like I did. And then Adam didn't want to partake. <laughs> Adam went to the bar and I drafted the whole thing and we got fifth. I mean, we could have done worse, but it's not. Got fifth. That ain't, that's not bad for your first time. That's a tough draft. I've watched it a couple of times. Uh, I could probably do it because I've done, we'll do 150, 200, 300 drafts a year, but it's, I've never done it. Got too many other things going on. That's right. Yeah. You've made your choices for that trip, and they sound like good ones. We're all different hotels, which is going to be another problem. <laughs> uh, let's talk about last night. Yeah. So that, that's such a good room. I'm jealous. You know, you guys have 12 great players. You got the 12. What was your reaction? Are you so uh, so cool, if I may, that 12 or any other position are all the same to you? I, I'm honest. Honestly, I, I don't. People get worked up on draft slots. I do so many. I need I need every slot to get a variety of what I want to accomplish when I'm playing these tournaments. And I actually like the 12 hole this year. I've drafted a, a several different ways. 
I'm not sure yet which way, if I got it in the 10K, I would go. But uh, I've liked the team uh, fairly well every time I've done them and with different structures and different uh, thought process. Uh, when it got to us in the 12 well, Billy actually did this one with me. And uh, Billy's only said he's only doing two 350s. I said I wasn't doing any 350s. And then May rode around and I ate my words. Uh, but, but Billy, so actually, did, this was one of the two 350s he was going to do for the year. I said he picked a tough one because the chances that the overall winner comes out of this league are not great. I mean, everybody in this league is either a grinder, a content provider who not only is a content provider, but they they know draft flow. They know where players go. They know when they need to push a position. So all these guys in this room are super, super sharp. And I, I thought the draft was pretty tough. Yeah, no, it's and it's so interesting too because it's not. I mean, it really is the who's who of, of the guys drafted on FFPC. You know, you got a B, you got Todd from PA, aka uh, football. What is his name now? Well, best ball. Yeah, it says Todd from PA on there, but yeah, best yeah. ball NFL and you Theo. And you've got. Um, it's funny because the guys didn't put their normal, you know, non sheeple rankings, but they didn't. They didn't. A lot of guys like I didn't know what pick you were. What little looking at it normally? Yeah, that, uh, that's the name, Billy and I. We come up with a name for our teams, and that's going to be our name this year for our team. So nice. Last year it was something different. It was Museo HHS, but this year every one of our teams are going to be like Bluffin Rivers dash some number or something. But uh, okay. in this draft, you had Scandrel in the one hole, who's a, drafted in this thing I think every year. Nice guy. He's drafting some with Kirk Kikis this year. Uh, two hole was Dwayne McFarland, who everybody knows Dwayne. Dwayne's a yep. super, super sharp oh, guy. For sure. Uh, three hole, three hole was uh, Hilo, who's also a, he doesn't draft a ton, really yeah. in redraft. I don't think. I think he's more uh, spends his time in the in the best ball arena. But he he's really sharp. Uh, four was Mojo, who knows everything about FFPC, ADP, right. everything else. Uh, then you have top best ball guy, and then you have um, I mean, he was in the. Six. Oh, a beep. A beep is Davis Mills. I think was going to be in this, uh, Davis Mills. He named it. He's from Houston, so he named it after uh, the quarterback. Uh, Austin Martin was in the seven. Dan Williamson was in the eight. Uh, the nine was um, two, uh, two Packer. Uh, the go. ten was Theo, and the eleven was Noah Riddell. Yeah, I don't know if I know Noah, but Noah's, <laughs> Noah's a very sharp guy too. Uh, and I think almost all those guys are in the draft sharks and invitational. So, uh, which, which is, which is another competitive. I mean, that's six or seven leagues, but yeah, no, this is, wow. this is as hard as a league as this is going to get. Yeah. So they, Everybody was like, locked in. I messed with, I messed with Austin. Me and Austin are always, but we've been close for a long, long time. And he's a uh, big dynasty guys. Everybody knows, but, but, uh, he got trapped. We said he got me and Nelson said he got trapped by King Henry in this one because King Henry hadn't been dropping like this. But I've done a draft subsequent to this draft where he dropped even further. So I wow. don't know if all of a sudden people uh, decided that uh, his age and his injury history, uh, he doesn't belong in the first round. And now that's where he's going to live. And there's going to, because I, I was thinking maybe that'd be the only Eckler Henry team. So maybe that would work out for him. But now the last two drafts I've seen after subsequent to this draft, Henry has went in that area or later. So that was the first thing. I was watching this last night, and on Go District, I mean, five of these guys were in there. I, mean, I saw Noah and Theo and Dan. Um, that was the first really interesting thing, and maybe Andrews at 105, but that's not at all shocking. I think I've seen him there uh, before several times yeah, this year. Yeah, Henry going past Barkley and Adam and I were talking like, okay, you know, but um, just in a vacuum, 
Henry at running back nine. Do you, do you think maybe you sort of hinted at it? Do you think that this is what's going to continue? Because there's so, always always so much sort of like questions about him or doubt. I've always been a big King Henry fan ever since high school. I mean, I watched his high school tape. The guy's a phenom freak. But running back uh, age and injury history affects the running back position more than any other position. So we might have seen the best days of King Henry. I think we have seen the best days of King Henry. Now, could he have another good one, one last good year? Maybe, but I like to get off a guy before the cliff falls off than, than after the cliff falls off. So I'll take my chances fading uh, King Henry this year. I don't think I'll own him at all. I mean, if I'm oh, not going to okay. own him in the 12 hole, Billy talked about him, but if we're not going to own him in the 12 hole, I'm probably not going to own him this year right. or roster him. Better rephrase that, roster him this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, Dave. I, I was I was fading Henry last year. I mean, it was embarrassing how many shares I didn't have. I mean, I might have had one share of Henry in the, you know, yeah. million teams that I feel like I owned. Um, And I, I'm going to be off him again this year and, and – I mean, it's funny because you ask, you know, you always want to compare like, oh, would I take Barkley over Henry? Well, yes, but I normally would not have to make that decision ever, right? Because Barkley, we've yep. got Barkley in the third round uh, and Henry goes in, in the first. But now it looks like they've kind of met here and, and they might be, you know, because word is out that, that I mean, people who, who know kind of what they're doing and who follow this stuff and who believe in Saquon know that the, the Giants were going to use him uh, the way that they're supposed to. And now that the coach says that they're going to unleash him in the ways that, you know, that make him va- valuable. It's like, Oh, okay. Now he starts to go up. Now he's moving up draft boards and um, we'll get to your team in a second here, but I do want to ask you about Saquon. How high do you, th- I don't even know if you're a Saquon guy and how, how high do you think he could get come August, September? I don't think he's going to move up the, unless there's a bunch of news in the preseason. I I, I like where he's going. Um, I own a ton of Saquon already and uh, I love where he, I love where he's going. Um, I just don't think he'll be a guy unless something happens. I don't even think he's going to play in the preseason, so that's also going to help. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's going to move up. Henry's a, a guy that, uh, like guys that, but now they might have missed that window where a lot of guys subscribe to the theory that that uh, the masses draft him at 107 and all of a sudden he's going at 26. Well, you want to own your shares at 26, which is a valid, a valid drafting strategy that has worked for some very sharp people for many, many years. But I'm more of the philosophy of I rarely do that. I actually I, I did that in this draft. I actually took two players that I don't take ever, and I've done a lot of drafts already in 2022. And I took we took them in this draft because they went way past where the all the drafts I've been doing they went way past where they. I mean, I'm talking about two rounds past where they where they go in drafts. So I I, I did. I usually don't do that much, but I do do it a few times because you, if you do enough volume. You probably should do that because you, anybody. I mean, you could be wrong on a player. You could think, okay, and then all of a sudden, I've seen it many times where I've been dead wrong on a player, and the player uh, outperformed, and I could have got looked back at draft boards, and I could have got him. Uh, me doing volume drafts, I could have took him a few times at a severe discount versus the field, and owned a couple of shares of him, which would have been smart. But um, I don't tend to do that many times, and I don't think I'll do that with Henry unless maybe he falls to the fourth round or something crazy. Uh, then I might have to rethink that, but I just think the uh, his scenario this year is not great. And them drafting a guy that's a, a banger, I really like the Haskins kid, yeah. and uh, he looks good on tape. And um, I think they drafted him for a reason. I think they know Henry can't stand up to the 300 plus carries uh, for now. 
So they're gonna they're gonna sprinkle other guys in. Is one of the guys you're thinking of when you say you drafted him a round or two late? Is Juju? Uh, yes, sir. It is Juju. So uh, goes like six two. I didn't understand it in this draft. I actually watched Dwayne McFarland's. Uh, he did a little pod on this. Him and uh, his uh, partner uh, did a little pod while he was actually drafted alive, and he actually said they're gonna trap me into Juju here at six. Six eleven, whatever it was, <laughs> and he passed him. He he decided to take the upside in Traylon Burks, and then Lamar Jackson was there, so he he thought that was in the hedge, and then he just free falled after that. Nobody, no, that's the only share I own of Juju, because Juju usually lives at six two, and he's dressed six two, six three, six four, even like clockwork. So I don't know what happened in this draft. I mean, maybe everybody hates Juju, but I don't I don't understand he fell that far. Especially yes, yes, Mike. That's very good. That's that's the exact player I was talking about. Or one of them. And that's why I'm Mike not even sure. bare knuckle, okay? I'm not even sure Adam knows this, but I love him. I, 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 historically, I love Juju. I just He didn't look good to me. And maybe it was an injury the last couple of years. And I'm big on my eyes, what my eyes tell me. And maybe he gets to Kansas City and he's healthy again and he goes back to the 80, 90 catch guy with, with Mahomes. That's possible. It's very possible. Yeah, it's, he has it's great, great possible. Hands. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, he has great hands. It's just he doesn't look like the separation just looked like it wasn't there. But he also had Big Ben throwing him the ball so right. the last two years. So and then he got injured. So there's a lot to think about with him. Yeah, I'm I'm not off of Juju. And what's interesting too is the fact that a receiver fell this far when all the quarterbacks fell. Like no one took quarterbacks. So to have a receiver fall with the quarterbacks not being taken is pretty interesting too. Um, I'm not off Juju. I think I've kind of. Um, you know, I've kind of planted my flag on on, on the rest of the receiving core, um, but I yeah at, at ADP I'm fine with with Juju. I like to make a you know I like to stack him. This obviously isn't best ball, but yeah, um, I like to stack those Kansas City receivers. You know, the Week 17, all that all that kind of stuff. But um, kind of Sky Moore has kind of been my guy, and it's what's interesting too is I've been doing so many underdogs because it's kind of that that time of year, and and he goes. Sky Moore goes in like the seventh round in all these. It's it's fun to go come back over to the FFPC, and I don't, I don't know where he went here, but. You can get him in like the ninth, tenth round. Um, they they got a couple of guys flashing there. Ju- the Justin Ross kid, undrafted free agent, looks unbelievable. Yes. Holmes was raving about him. They have MBS there who has the skill set to be good. They have McCole Hardman who's been there the whole time, has a history with the – just hadn't done it on the field, but now Tariq's gone. They have a lot to think about with their whole team. The running back position, the quarterback. The only thing you don't think about on that team is quarterback tight end. The rest of the positions – are, are really, I mean, they could go a variety of ways. Well, I think I see why Juju fell. Sky Moore got taken four picks ahead of him by Dan Dan Williamson. So yes, he did. He yep. said his uh, he planted his flag on, on Sky Moore there, which makes me excited because I I'm yeah, a big... I like Sky Moore's tape. I just don't I, do, I just don't know uh, what they're going to do there. They have so many uh, mouths to feed, and then the yep. Ross kid just looks like an athletic freak. And they have they went and got MBS, then they went and got Juju. I just, it's hard to figure out what they're going to do this year. Yep. I love them. I mean, I, I'm, it's, it's daunting that so many good players seem to not, but his contract works against him. And what happened last year is in people's minds too, that he couldn't get a contract. He, he flirted with Kansas city last year, but it didn't happen. Like they're sort of off the field a little bit. If you care about the kind of thing we're talking about that sort of works against him, but uh, there, there is that challenge with the Chiefs, but you you know as well as anybody, if you get it right, you win big. 
Yes. And he is my pick. He's been good everywhere when he was healthy. His quarterback was flat out terrible. We all know it. I mean, he was getting him killed over the middle of the field. And if a different player had been in his role, that guy would have been injured for the last two years. So I am in on Smith Schuster again, maybe on one side of the coin, you respect the people who are making the negative arguments toward him. But um, if enough people are sort of down on him for these kind of reasons, well, they didn't pay him or whatever it is, there can be an opportunity in those situations. So uh, I like him around five. I 100% agree with that. Maybe I need to go back and watch the last playoff game he played. The last playoff game he played, he was unbelievable in that game. And Deontay and all those those guys were on the field, and Juju was the one that, like, had a monster game. But right, and it, some some argument did. against him is related to effort. And how do you show up like that in the playoffs? Um, yeah. Anyway, he's an interesting one. You're right. But so yeah, that he, was the guy that we we passed him there, and then he came all the way back. And I I said maybe this will be my one of my few shares of Juju. So we put Juju on the team. So Dave, I see um, you took Gabe Davis. You took James Cook. Why C.D. Lamb in the second round over Stefan Diggs? What's is it because you love Davis and Cook? Is that, is that what's going on? That, that's not no. no I love Stefan Diggs, but when I do so many of these drafts that I, I look at my uh, player ownership, and we underown C.D. who I like almost as much as Diggs. Yeah. So we decided to go with Devontae Adams and C. Billy's only going to own one team. He likes C.D. too, but we like th- those are the three players we debated. Uh, we were going to go with receiver, receiver, and and on this particular team, we decided to take. Devonte and um, CD. It's not that I like CD more than Diggs. It's just uh, just another uh, putting a team together and structuring a team. That's the way we decided to structure this team. You know, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we're still like in the first half of this draft, and there are a couple other interesting things, and we all have, you know, a deadline of some some form or another. But <laughs> you talk about Derrick Henry. Like, does he move back up or what? If there's one guy running back above him who could slip. I could see Harris slipping, Dave. Like there's there's early, the early wait point, and if the steel if the buzz on the Steelers is that none of the quarterbacks really looks good, and that's possible. I mean, at least I know Roethlisberger didn't either, and he got all the volume anyway. But kind of a dream year. Like he wasn't good in any sort of efficiency metric. So somebody enough players could maybe sour on him versus Barkley who maybe everybody thinks he physically looks great, or Jones even. He has a pretty good range in drafts. I've seen him go three overall, and I've seen him make it to the second round already, and that's before the news about his weight, balloon weight. That's never a good sign with a running back. He says he played at 240 last year. I don't think he did. No way. Um, I mean, he had a great rookie year. Maybe maybe he enjoyed the offseason a little too much and – that happens. Originally, when the first when I first sat down every year, I sat down in January and decide, look at players. What am I going to do? Najee was on my list of people I was planning on fading. I have constructed a couple of teams with him, but that news about his weight, I'm going to need a better deal on him now because I don't know how motivated he is to play on a team that's uh, not going to be a winning team. In my opinion, I don't think they're going to be a, a playoff team by any stretch. So. Uh, he's an interesting guy to, to evaluate, and um, I don't think I'll be uh, overweight, no pun intended, on Najee Harris. <laughs> I definitely yeah. won't own him in any of the 10Ks. So whoever drafts with me in 10Ks, if you want Najee, uh, you'll get him. 
Well, hopefully by then, uh, Najee's lost all all the weight by the time you're drafting the 10K. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I would almost like this. This is gonna sound weird, but I would almost rather hear at this point in the year that a, that a that a running back is accidentally overweight than he is trying to put on weight because putting on weight never works. Never works out. Never yeah. works. Le'Veon Bell. I think there's. I'm sure Dave, you can think of more examples, but Le'Veon Bell was the big one where he. You know, he played his rookie year at whatever, and then he lost 15 pounds, and he was explosive. And so I always want my running backs to lose weight. When they purposefully gain weight, they want to keep it on because they want to play it that way. If he came in fat and lazy and is going to lose 20 pounds, perfect. Like, you know, I'd rather have you come in in shape, but you have three, four months to get that weight off. So if if I can get Najee creeping down into the, you know, like he goes here, maybe even early second. I mean, I like, cause he's one of the very few him, Mixon, Eckler, Dalvin, McCaffrey, Taylor. I mean, he's a, he's a workhorse. He gets the catches. He gets the, the goal line work. I mean, there aren't many of him out there. So I want to believe in him. I'm definitely not fading him unless he's 240 come, come August. Then, then I'll, and, then I'll be fading him. And the other thing that's positive about Najee, uh, gave the negatives but the other thing positive about Najee is there's nobody in that back backfield to compete with him for right. touches I mean yeah. they have nobody uh, right. so and they don't want player. anybody else which is which is yeah. fine great it's such a bad investment I mean how do you draft a running back in the first round and then just wear the heck out of him on mediocre teams last year's team made it but come on I think I'm probably I should probably admit that his last meaningful run was the touchdown run on the Monday night against Cleveland that cost Louis G and I a thousand dollars in the football guy. <laughs> this tournament. Uh, we lost on that. Um, so here is personal question, but still a fantasy question, Dave, do you think when the experts are all in the room together and they know it, that they might try to impress each other with how little they value quarterbacks that 100% sort of, that's the case. Yes. <laughs> a stigma to draft the quarterback, even like it's sort of in range. So what you have here, I mean, I saw Aaron Rodgers, I think, in the 16th or 18th round. Like, you know, and they rarely, in a, in a draft, when you're drafting with really sharp people, a lot of them never take a second quarterback, like ever. Now, right. some Stafford guys are really good drafters will push it back and take two real late, so they got two to play with all year. Some really successful drafters that I draft with a lot. That's their MO. They they they'll take two in every draft, but they take them in the 14th, 15th, 16th round. So yeah, quarterback gets devalued as it should in four point P- PPR leagues. They, it should be devalued a lot more than what it is in some of these drafts when you get in with novice players and these football guys where they take four quarterbacks and uh, they, their roster is just they're never they don't they're dead they're dead after the draft because one they're not going to ground waivers the way other people ground waivers. And they put themselves way behind the eight ball by using valuable uh, draft capital on quarterbacks, and they can only play one of them. It makes no sense, but they do it. They, they, they'll show up. They lose all their money. They'll show up the next year and do the exact same thing. I don't know if they can't process that's why they're losing, and they think it's an advantage to block the league. But uh, if I can give some advice to anybody who's playing these 350s, you, the goal is to win the big money. It's not to win the $1,500. $1,500 is nice, but if you're putting four <laughs> quarterbacks on your uh, football guy's roster – your chances of winning the 500K, they're over after the draft. I mean, you got zero shot, less than zero shot. So, Adam, Adam, you know, whatever you want. Do you remember that Memorial Day, Memorial Day draft last year with all the experts? I drafted Prescott and Brady. And yeah. I also I didn't know that there wasn't regular season money. <laughs> and I won. 
I want to, I want yeah, to keep myself perspective right. on a name. But, right. um, Louie and I, in the main event, drafted Fields and Cousins together last year late like that. And then we cut That's Cousins great. for yeah. some reason and also won. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like this was really interesting last night with, I mean, Justin Herbert in the eighth. What's the what's the best example of this? Mahomes and Jackson that's, in the seventh, Rodgers in the 18th? Herbert, that's the latest I've seen Herbert go by two rounds in any draft I've done this year. I've never seen Herbert go there, ever. And there's a stack there, but obviously not the priority that it is in best ball. So you don't see teams reaching for their quarterback once they've drafted, you know, the alpha receiver. Yeah, that's Austin's team, and he, he even mentioned that. He didn't even have to reach. He, he just paired Herbert with Eckler for free. So right. it wasn't a bad uh, – was a great pick. I like it. Um, and I know, I know we want to move on, and we have a ton of stuff to talk about in this draft, but I just wanted to ask one thing because it's been coming up. And I've been talking to you know Billy a little bit where he's always posting boards. We're always talking. And, and I want to get your opinion on this real quick before we move on because you were in kind of that receiver range there at the end of the first round. So to me, the, you know, the tiers are Cup, Jefferson, Chase, whatever order you want to put them in. And mm-hmm. then and then Diggs, Adams, Lamb to me is the next tier. And then after that, I feel like it's the Wild West. Like I like Higgins a lot in that next tier. Evans, Higgins, Debo, A.J. Brown, Tyree. But I feel like I, I don't ever feel good about getting any of those guys where they're where they're going, except for maybe Higgins. How do you feel about that, Dave? Do you feel like there's? Do you feel like those tiers are correct? Do you, would you add someone? Would you take somebody away? Um, if I'm doing one draft, those those tiers are not. Those those first two tiers you mentioned are great for me. The rest of it, uh, I could go a variety of ways with those receivers, like you're saying, um, and I think you could ask. 15 different people right now and they would give you 15 different answers. So, yeah. Um, as far as the Adam, I, I think they have it right with Adams, CD and Diggs, and then chase after his year, you have to put him there. I don't love his year into of the schedule at all this year, but, uh, and then Jefferson is just a freak. I, I think Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. He, no, no disrespect to Cooper cup who I, who, I, who did it. And I like, I like Cooper cup, but Jefferson just, could any any given year Jefferson can like just blow everybody away? I think. Yeah, I, Adam and I have argued about whether Cooper Cup is in the top ten because I don't yeah. know if he's really. In the I think top you have 10, to but... put him in the top ten because he's he did it and he has that rapport with Matthew Stafford and not a lot changed and he's going to continue keeping on keeping on. Uh, he won't be a guy I'm overweight in obviously because I'm not going to take him in the with the first three picks very often. Uh, for, in three in the three fifties, I'll have some a few Cooper Cup teams where where I, I build him just because he's capable. He's shown you that he's capable of putting up multiple 40-point games in a row, and I don't think much changes with him. He it might actually be a, even a better situation for him because Allen Robinson, ODB's great, but Allen Robinson demands a lot more attention uh, on the opposite side of him. So Robinson I, I is moving up, isn't he? Definitely. Uh, early in the draft of the season, you could get him in the sixth round all day long in these, in these football guys in the FFPC drafts, but now – he he goes in the fourth round a lot. Uh, this particular draft, he went in the fourth round of this draft. Yeah, he he's, he's moved up a, a solid round, easy. I'm, I thought I would at least get, you know, I, I'm I'm waiting a little bit to do my 350, so I don't, you know, go cr- end up doing a million like I did last year. Uh, the waivers are tough I, I, when you do it. I've done it for many years. Well, they're brutal. But now I've lost, and this is why you do them because I've lost. Like Mike knows, I've been talking about. Allen Robinson for since he's the day he signed with the Rams and now he's in the fourth round where he should be. Maybe, I mean, he, you could move him up there with Michael Pittman and I wouldn't think you're crazy. Jalen Watt, like 
so, uh, you know, he's a guy that I just probably lost a couple rounds of value. Now, granted, this isn't necessarily his ADP. This is the hard way draft. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of really smart people taking their guys. But I think he's going to end up there eventually. So, fine, I'll take him in the fourth round. But I, we, I, we were getting him in the sixth or seventh a month ago. I've got, I look back at some boards I did early, and I got him in the six, <laughs> late sixth a few times. Yeah. Sneaky Joe, if you're watching, yes. Reminder, you should trade Logan Thomas. For Allen Robinson, no matter. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you privately. Now I'm telling you publicly or whatever this is. All right, Dave. So at the risk of keeping you too long, I have one question that I've wanted to ask you the most. You have X amount of dollars to invest in a year in fantasy football. We know you're into FFPC. That's how I know of you. I also know you're Billy because of FFWC. We've done some some leagues with Billy. Sure. How, how do you? What, what do you have to say about how you choose where you play? Um, I like uh, I used to just be a tournament player, but I talked to some very smart guys and I thought about it more. I think anybody that does X, say whatever you want to use, say you're going to do ten thousand dollars worth of fantasy football teams. Okay, we'll just use that as a round number. You should have thirty percent of that invested to individual uh, confined, what I call confined leagues, like a five k, a three k, because. Your chances of winning these tournaments, I don't care how good you are, how smart you are, you have to get – there's some luck involved in – I've won one. There's some luck involved in, in weeks 15, 16, 17. Anybody tells you that there's not – a lot of stuff has to go your way to to win one of these things. That's why it's amazing a beep won two, two football guys. That's an amazing feat. Probably never be duplicated. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how he did it. That's crazy. But um, but there's a, there's, a, there's a significant amount of variance that has to go your way during those three weeks. So you can offset the – say you invest the 7000 in the tournament and the 3000 If you win the $3,000 league, you could still be profitable for the year by your league money. But if you stick all your money in these tournaments, the same, same thing. I have a little poker background, and I, I deal with some professional poker players regularly. If you just play these, these huge field tournaments, you, you're probably never going to be a winning player if you don't mix in some, some cash or smaller field tournaments. Same thing applies to fantasy football. It's it, but if you're if you're only doing one three fifty team and that's your budget, that's fine. But if you're actually going to branch out and do volume and do more teams, you definitely need to include some confined leagues. I told Billy that Billy used to not do the confined leagues. Now he's hooked. He wants to do them all because we had a lot of success last year in the ten Ks. And, and um, so you you have to do some confined leagues where you're only trying to beat eleven people instead of fifteen thousand people. Now, t- truthfully, you don't have to beat fifteen thousand people. And in tournaments, you don't control what happens in other leagues. So there's multiple leagues out there where they might be nine players that have given up and guys are getting stuff off the free agent waiver wire yeah. that they shouldn't get. The guy that won the 500K last year got Joe Burrow off the waiver wire. How many we leagues know. that happened in? Not many. He lives so right around the, the corner. the complexity of the outlook of his team because Joe <laughs> Burrow went nuts in the last three weeks. So that's what I mean by variance and having a little luck go your way. That's that's a little luck going your way when you can get Joe Burrow off the waiver wire. So, and you have no control over that because you might not be in that league. Same thing with main events or anything. You're playing a tournament. You have to win your individual league to get to the, the high variance three week shootout, and then everything has to go right to beat all these teams. That's you know. So mix in some confined leagues against whether it's dynasty, whether it's a big payback, whether it's a high society, whatever your budget can afford. Mix in some of those confined leagues to offset the high variance risk in these in these shootouts. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And in fact, this year, my, my bankroll, it's going to be more than 30%. I, I call them ca- cash leagues too. You just want to call them cash leagues or tournaments. Sure. 
I'm I'm more than thirty percent in cash leagues this year. I'm probably more a little bit more than fifty percent because I just feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I, it's much easier for me to beat. It is. It's easier for me to beat eleven guys. Um, and there's even decent payouts for third in a lot of these leagues too. You don't even need to win sure. the whole thing. You can come in the top three, g- grind it out, and you'll 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 do okay. So I I, I definitely agree there. Um, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Dave, but do you know like? I know you play all over the place, but what do you know? Like what your maybe your favorite tournament or like the one that like you feel like fits your style the best? Where where that is? I'm definitely an FFPC guy. I've won a lot of money in NFC. I haven't been playing NFC lately. Uh, I still like those. those guys are great over there. It's a great structure, great great tournament. Uh, I think lifetime. I'm the third winningest player in the history of their other deal, and I hadn't played there in three or four years. But I still play the 20k over there with Nelson. Uh, every year, which is yep. a confined league, what I'm talking about. Yep. But mostly I'm an FFPC guy. I mean, they've always, I mean, Chris Lambert and, those, and Dave and Alex have all been good to me over the years. And so I have a kind of a loyalty loyalty there there where I put a lot of my money with the FFPC because I like the way they treat me. I like the way they do things for them. I mean, you have some disagreements on me. And, and Alex is known to not like to change anything where maybe he should change a few things. But that's okay. I mean, he's a successful guy for being that way. He's stubborn and, and sticks to his, his gun. So I can't, I can't not like him for that. But um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely an FFPC guy. I favor, favor them. I do like the FFWC now. Um, Billy and I are going to do several mains over there. Uh, Scott and, him and Billy have done a real good job of uh, fixing some stuff over there that I thought needed to be fixed. And they're working on growing their contest where there's a bigger carrot. That's why I say that they have an online where the grand prize is 50K. Well, I'm going to pay 350 to try to win 50K, and they talk about the league. But I have some investors that invest in me every year, and, of course, they want to return on their on their investment. They want to chase the big money, uh, and FFPC has done a great job of growing their contest to, to get these out crazy grand prizes. And um, and uh, But all these, all these contests have some stuff that, that they could adjust and make better. But to answer your question, I'm, I'm never going to go away from the FFPC. That's what – I like I like them and I like their structure and I like the way they do their, do business. I mean, I've never had a problem getting my money. I go back to the Wyckoff days where I got stiffed for a lot of money. Ooh. So, I, when you tell me something, I'm big on. If you tell me something, that's your word. You told me that, that you should follow through with that. And FFPC has never let me down in that regard. They always pay. But FFWC is great too. So those are the two places I'll be playing, and uh, I'll, I'll be playing the Platinum with Nelson in the in the NFFC, which I can't say. Greg Greg Ambrose who runs that is as good as I get to. So mm-hmm. a lot of good people in the high stakes fantasy space, luckily for us. I don't think yeah. anybody will ever be stiff by any of these, any of these contests moving forward. But Wyckoff left bad taste in a lot of people's mouth because I'm Chad Schroeder, who everybody knows he got, <laughs> he got really stiff for a large amount of money. I don't think he ever got it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, leaves I a bad think... taste leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. I don't think Chad ever got it either. And I think there are, I, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I think there are different laws now that make it so that these uh, these FFPC, FFWC, that they have to like put the money in escrow, like you can't. So I think there are different things now, protections in place for for for, for players, which I think is I think is great. But uh, I'm I'm with you, Dave. I, I love FFPC. I've been doing it you know for forever. Uh, but I'm I'm going to be getting into the FFWC this year for sure. I, I signed up for a bunch of mains over there. I'm yep. probably going to do the five the five K over there. You know, I'm doing the best ball tournament. I'm doing the, you know, the Superflex tournament. So I'm definitely well, doing a lot of stuff. Have you there. ever played? Have you ever played over there? 
We're in the yeah, dynasty yeah. together, the 1K together. Oh, yeah, yeah, the dynasty. But, I mean, other than that, have you ever played over there? No, no. Nope. The structure, you got to familiarize your – jumping back and forth between structures can really miss even good players. But and, and when Billy, Billy can attest to this when he first started drafting over there, it's a big change because there's a whole different philosophy on how to draft the teams at FFWC than FFPC. And a lot of people never make that adjustment. So – Study the structure and, and, and roster construction is, is really key when you go from FFPC to FFWC. It's not tight end premium over there, FFWC? Not tight end premium. So they yeah, he kind knows of that devalue now. tight ends like they devalue quarterbacks, and you'll be way ahead of the game. He knows that now after we traded up for Kyle Pitts in the first round. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like after tonight. Hey, that's the only dynasty league I've ever done in my life. And that's oh, yeah. fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was good. I'm pretty I'm, sure after tonight you multiple can. Multiple trades already. Yeah, after tonight you can trade offer us anything, and Adam will probably say yes. <laughs> no, uh, I can't get Austin to trade with me. I can't get Billy to trade with me. The BS OL oh. guy, I don't know him, but he'll trade with you if you work out yeah. a trade he likes. He's gonna, but he's going to hit the button. I like that guy. We might be a sure thing. Dave, what is that over your right shoulder? Uh, I don't know. Behind you, on top that's of my, the. That's my house. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> do my wife's cross. I don't, yeah, my wife's cross. Probably you looking. I don't know. There you go. Over oh, on top of the on top of the cabinet. Is it is it is it a crystal FFPC trophy? I don't know. What, what is no, it? No, that's in the. I got one. I could go get it. It's in another room. It's in main <laughs> it's next time. Next time. Next time. Next, next time. time. Yeah, it's got me and Nelson and uh, my friend Doc, who was a big investor. He he actually doesn't do fantasy football anymore, but he was lucky and fortunate enough to win the FFPC main event in the two years that he invested with us. So he still talks know. about that to this day. Well, I got a $5 bet with Daniel Negreanu on who will be the next captain of the Sabres. So when we meet in Vegas, <laughs> we'll either talk about that or we'll go uh, We'll go chase him down. That dude loves his hockey now. He knows his I know. hockey. Yeah. I do a radio show in Buffalo. He came on to talk about Jack Eichel and, and Vegas. And he's like, you know, just in passing, he said, I got five bucks that Alex Tuck, who was on Vegas, be the next captain of the Sabres. When he got done talking, I said, listen, I might agree with you, but you're Daniel Negreanu, so it's a bet. It's a bet. <laughs> it's a, it's a bet. Book it. It. <laughs> yeah. Five bucks. Right. That's good stuff. We'll, we'll find him when we get out there. We'll find him. Dave, what a pleasure. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's a real pleasure, gentlemen. I appreciate it, and I enjoyed talking with you all. I might want to call you Hub after tonight. You can call me anything. That, that's great. A lot of people call me Hub. That was my nickname growing up, so I still use it occasionally. All right. There nice. you go. All right, thanks, Dave. All right, Adam. Called Adam Crowhurst. So, Adam Crowhurst. All right, man. Got you. Bye, Dave. See you there. Love it. Yeah, it's really good. So, I like the thirty percent rule. Sure, I think it just depends on what you are comfortable with, what you are looking for. Like, yeah, in in now, listen, the the FFPC made events up to a milli this year, so you know maybe. Maybe I shouldn't have gone more in the cash game. I should have gone more in the tournament. But there's listen, there's still time to adjust. Still well, you know, it, it's always been this way, talking about sports or big money. On one hand, it's, well, what's the difference between winning $500,000 and a million dollars? And one answer to that is, I don't know, my life is probably good either way. And I would love to have that happen. The other side of the answer is $500,000. That's difference. right. <laughs> you know, why would you... Yeah. Hold out for more money and demand a trade when you can make five million dollars playing for this team because that's twelve million dollars over there and the difference is seven million dollars. But cost of living. That's right. And you go I around know. and around. I know. Is the golf that's over? What for. That. So what was that, Mike? 
Is the golf over? Sorry. I, I, you know, it was slowing down my internet. I had, I had to turn it off the off the computer. So, oh, uh, look at you! You put work first. I know. That's what I'm. I'm committed. This is the deep end. <laughs> Nothing to say after that. That's Thanks right. for watching tonight. Thanks to Dave Hubbard, and we'll see you next. Well, actually, Tuesday. Thursday. Tuesday. Well, Tuesday for the high stakes. Yes. Scene, and we will figure out guest slash draft slash you know topics yeah uh dynasty is tomorrow i think so I i'll like be up it. i'll be up i'm in i'm in i got a, i got a dynasty league 750 ffpc going right now that's we started talking about last week the one i traded up for josh allen's just it's we're in we're in the middle of it right now i want the update on that all new helmets tomorrow you got it see you guys